Hi there, my name is Dili Mwabuki and I'm the host of the Personal Evolution Podcast. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the podcast. Um, the podcast is designed for ambitious, forward-thinking individuals where we explore insights, ideas, strategies, lessons, and conversations about self-awareness, psychology, total life mastery that will drive you to create your ideal life and achieve extraordinary results. We host some of the most prolific thinkers, influencers, and culture shapers where we ask them hard thought-provoking questions in answering our questions they unlock gems of insight that will in turn challenge you to achieve the perceived impossible in your life and work our mission is to share inspiring and practical content that will help you advance in your unique life's journey listen and enjoy this episode thank you Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the Personal Evolution Podcast. It uh, promises to be an exciting episode and I'm joined by an incredible guest and personality on today's episode. Um, um, our guest today is a certified NLP practitioner, a high performance coach, a corporate trainer and a lawyer. Um, he's the convener of the Focus Life Summit, founder of the Focus Life Community, an author of the book, Focus, The Ultimate Guide to Achieving More. Um, with about seven years experience in developing and deploying training solutions to address performance issues in corporate organization. He has facilitated trainings for organizations like Union Bank, GT Bank, First Bank, OLX, NACC, just to mention but a few. At present, he is the lead consultant and facilitator at High Performance Consulting. It's no other person than Buluwa Tife David. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. David. Thank you so much, Tilly, for having me. I'm super pleased to be here with you. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I've been following you for quite a while on, on social media, and um, you, you've been quite consistent in terms of your focus, in terms of um, um, your messaging. And um, it's been basically focused on high performance. And um, my first question would be that, why is um, focus on high performance important to us as human beings? And how are they connected, if there's any connection? Okay, thank you so much for your question. I think that's a really, really good question to have. Um, the truth of the matter is that I think a couple of years ago, uh, like six, seven years ago, or even longer, yeah. Uh, I, I sat down to do, you know, I began to think about what is it exactly that guarantees that anybody will be successful in this life. And I came across a number of things. In fact, I came across a particular book titled The Common Denominator of Success. Now, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, a five or six page book, actually, it's not a, not a very long book. And it's pretty mm-hmm. old, it's a very old book. You know, and the guy spoke about a number of things. But then after that, I began to really question some of the things he said. And I began to ask myself, is this possible for us to have just one thing that we can regard as a common denominator, as the central denominator for success? So this made me to begin to research into high performers, people that are really successful in their lives and all of that. And then I found out that 
focus in itself is actually a common denominator. You know, there is uh, nothing you want to achieve in this life that you don't need focus. The only guarantee uh, of you achieving anything is that you are staying focused. And in this case, focus is just your ability to stay true, you know, to whatever it is that you believe in. And then you are willing to go through whatever process it takes to birth it. You know, it's a situation where you are fixated on whatever it is that you want to achieve and you are not easily distracted or you are not being swayed by, you know, uh, by every wind of doctrine or by everything that is happening around. So, so another thing that also led me to that journey was that I began to study natural currency and I noticed that if anybody would really amount to anything in, in any particular business or industry, there is a need for them to develop what I call core competence, right? As against general competence. Now, a lot of people in this world have general competency. Only very few people have what is called core competency. And what you would notice is that the people that are not easily shaken their industry, regardless of what is happening around, are people that have developed core competence. And you know, it was interesting for me because I noticed that if we look at the way the academic situation is designed, right? When we were in primary yeah. school, we were supposed to everything, general competency, junior secondary right. school, general competency. By the time we got to senior class, they brought us to the mm. concept of hey, guys, you cannot just afford to do everything. They need to be able to narrow down. And then they said, you can only do science with commercial art. You can't do everything. Mm. Now, yeah. commercial, you now go to university, you want to enter university, say, hold up. You cannot just come to university mm. and do commercial. You have to pick something. Mm. So you now yeah. say, okay, 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 okay. I want to pick economics, right? Now, mm. you pick economics mm. and you went to university to study economics. By the time you want to do your master's, they will tell you, say, hold up. You cannot come to master's and do economics. You have to pick an aspect yeah. of economics. By the time you are doing your PhD, they say you cannot just do that. You have to pick one. Now, what you do, so you go, the more you narrow down. And yeah. for the that would become authorities in different fields, there are people that actually develop core competencies, right? And when you look mm -hmm. at um, another natural currency, which is uh, grass and plants. You notice that grasses, right? They have what is called lateral roots. Now, lateral roots mm. are like general competencies. Tap roots mm. is like core competency. Now, when there is, of course, you know that if we have to go to the farm and weed, with the simple pull of the ant, you can remove a grass. But for you to remove a tree, you would probably have to go and get a bulldozer. Now, that is what That's happens who right. develop core competency in whatever field of endeavor that they have chosen. So much so that before circumstances can displace you, we have to go and get a bulldozer. The challenge with a lot of people is that what they have is just generic. Everybody can replicate it. You know, Everybody can replicate it. So there isn't so much comp uh, uh, competitive advantage that they have over another person. Simply because what they have is, is what is called general competency. So these are the things that I saw that made me say that, hey, there is a need for this, our generation 
to move away from surface growth to deep growing, deep conversation, deep work that would actually translate mm. to high performance. There is no way you can become a high performer if you have not mastered the concept of focus. You know, mm. that's just the matter. That's that's just it. So pretty much, this is this is these are my own findings that brought me to this point. And these are the basics for the things I teach and why it has become so important for me as a person to constantly drive the message of focus and high performance. Yeah. Awesome. What, what an apt response. Um, 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 who leads me to a question, which I didn't even plan on asking. And I know it's going to take you a while longer to answer the second one. Like, how, how, do, you really, um, how do you really focus your life? This is a really, really critical question. Because <laughs> your life and really niche down, <laughs> you know, in a world where people seem to be doing similar things. Okay, you know? okay. So, 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 yeah. So here's mm. the thing, right? Now, mm. when I started talking about the concept of focus, one of the things I mm. found early enough is that focus mm. itself is a two-edged sword. That needs okay. to be as a two-edged sword. The unfortunate thing is that before now, we have only focused our attention on one side of focus, which is the mm. activity. Now, but what people don't realize is that before you can actually be focused in your activity, you need to, first of all, be mm. focused internally. If you are displaced mm. internally, then your activities externally will be displaced. If your mm. thoughts are not in sync, then your actions can never be in sync. You know, uh, that's right. For me, for you to be able to actually master the concept of focus, you need to start by mastering internal focus. Take, for instance, in my book, Focus the Ultimate Guide to Achieving More, I talked about those two concepts mastering the internal focus and then mastering the external focus, right? But there's no way you can master the external without first of all mastering the internal. Now, <clears throat> mastering the internal itself starts by you first of all understanding a number of things about yourself right mm. and then choosing what you want to focus on internally number one is uh take for instance you know how i had to say oh of course like you said i am in the speaking space i am within the uh, yeah. development space i love that and of course you get with us with me that in nigeria take for instance we have a lot of people in that space right yeah and, uh, yeah. If I were to play like every other person, truth, mm. there are a lot of people that have been in this industry before I even came into it, right? I am a trained lawyer. I practiced law at some point, right? And um, mm. there are people that have been hearing their name in this Lagos since I was in university, right? Those are the people <laughs> who look up to say, ah, if this people can just give us game. But do you know that, mm. that some of those people that have already... Uh, I've already achieved more results within this sphere more than them. Now, I'm not saying mm. that to disrespect anybody, but I'm just trying to say that how did I come to this point? I sat down one day and said, okay, dude, number one, you need to be clear about your message. These are internal conversations now. So for mm. you to focus first, the first thing that needs to happen is clarity of purpose. There is no mm -hmm. way you can maintain consistent focus when there is no clarity of purpose. Clarity of okay. purpose is 
first thing. It's the first thing. It's the first thing. Right. Yeah. Once you have been able to achieve clarity of purpose, clarity of purpose is simply saying that, okay, what is it exactly that I'm trying to achieve? What problem am I trying to solve? Right. Um, what do I think I am here for? If you want to go buy the, um, the right? Um, this business mm. that I started, why did I even start it? Right. Um, mm. What what need am I really trying to solve by starting this business? Right. Now, mm. um, let me say this quickly: conversation mm. is not for people that are trying to survive, right? Because survival. Mm. The thinking of survival, which is internal focus right now. The moment your internal focus is on survival, let's just not even discuss focusing with you. Because that thing would automatically make your actions externally to be displaced. Because you begin to jump pillar to post, looking for anything that will give you the next cash, right? And shiny object. Exactly, the shining object. And I call people like this, you know, especially people in business, I call them business vagabonds. You know, today they are the one selling man here. Tomorrow they are the next motivational speaker. Next tomorrow they are selling shoes. The next one they are selling real estate. You know, and you can never really hold their brand to anything, right? You can never say that this is what this person's life is about. Now that kind of feed their name with anything. Exactly. So, so there is so because mm. essentially what they are just trying to do is survive, right? So, like I said, clarity of purpose would automatically move you from survival mode to either thinking of success or thinking of significance. Now, these two are the two types of thinking that can power focus. When you are thinking about mm. or when you are thinking about significance, now because. Mm. Matter is that when it comes to focus, right? Um, it it for lack of a better word, it requires long suffering, right? Mm. Um, your ability to suffer long, it's it's only mm. dependent on your why, you know. And that is why you know that conversation itself at some point to bring us to to the concept of performance triggers. You know what I call performance triggers. Um, you remember mm. the part of the Bible where um, I hope you don't mind, um, where the Bible was sure, saying, sure. For, the, for, for the joy that was set in front of Jesus Christ, mm. he endured the mm. cross. Now, suffering, yeah. It's possible for him to endure it is because there's a why, there was a joy in front. Mm. I call that being mm. towards motivation. Every time that mm. focus in challenge, the question I ask people is that, is your motivation clear to you? Do you have an away from motivation or do you have a towards motivation? So um, let me backtrack. So the first thing I said is uh, clarity of purpose. Clarity of purpose, yeah. The second thing that would ensure that you are focused is that your thoughts is either aligned with becoming successful in life or living a life of significance. Now, the the third thing that needs to happen, right, is that you need to mm. have your motivation or your performance triggers, which is either towards mm. motivation or away from motivation, right? Um, away from motivation is something you are trying to run away from. Towards motivation is something you are trying to run towards, right? Um, mm. So let me give you a very practical example. I don't know if you've been traced by a dog before, 
But what you naturally <laughs> find out is that somebody that is being chased by a dog will run, right? Would run. Mm. But the moment a dog is out of sight, they will stop running. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because all yeah. that was driving is let me just get away from this dog as much as possible. But just look up yeah. and you see the dog again from the horizon. You start running again. Right. So mm. that's the way away from motivation works. It keeps you moving as long as what you're running from is still close to you. The moment there is a significant mm. distance between what you're running away from and where you are, you stop running. And that's why you notice that for some people, the moment they make a particular amount of money, they just relax. The moment they achieve mm. a particular level of success, they relax. Right? What I say to people mm. is that... So in it... Hello, you want to say something? Hello. Yeah, so I was going to say that in a sense, what motivates these kind of people is the desire to run away from pain. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Mm. So the mm. moment they are mm. far away from me, they, they just relax. The mm. moment it is close, they start running again. But what I say to people yeah. is that for this kind of people, they then need to have what is called the towards motivation. That, yeah. So this is what normally happens. When, for majority of people, the dreams and aspiration they have is so far away from them, are you getting it? Uh, that yeah. It's, so, it's too big, and they just relax. Say, man, I can't get to it. For those kind of people, they uh, need away from motivation to push them out. Uh, now, away from uh, motivation pushes you out. You've gotten halfway. Then you now look at, this thing uh, is not that far again. Then towards motivation yeah. will help you the journey. If you, have mm. if you have towards motivation alone, tendencies are you would not move at all because it feels like it's too far away from you to achieve. If you have away from motivation alone, tendencies are you would only get halfway because the moment you get halfway, you mm. relax. But if you have both, from one side mm. to the other, the away from will get you moving, then the towards will keep you moving. So, all of these things mm. are internal focus, things that you have conversations internalized, you know, and they drive mm. on a day-to-day basis. Now, the moment all these internal things are clear to you as the palm of your hand mm. and they are so real to you, they can almost they almost feel like something you can touch. Then we can begin mm. to do external focus. That okay, so what mm. are the activities? that would translate mm. to what they're trying to achieve. You notice a lot of people, they know the activities that will deliver the result that they want, but yet they are not moving. It's because their internal focus is not right. Mm. right. So in a sense, internal a balance. Focus, right. Exactly, there must be a balance of the two. For some people, however, internal focus is right, but because they lack understanding of what to do, they keep struggling. Mm. Motivation is there, grit is there, long suffering is there. So they keep experimenting, they keep trying a lot of things out, but they are not getting their desires because external is not clear to them. So external is now saying that, okay, what are the things that I would need to do? Breaking the goal into, you know, small achievable steps, milestones, and all of those things. And then hold them accountable following through on one and one and one and one and one till you finally get to the end of the journey that you're trying to get to. That is the way focus
focus in itself work. That's that's like the framework of focus uh, in a nutshell. Right. Um, yeah, pretty much. So much value packed in that answer. Like <laughs> so much value packed in that answer. So, <laughs> so, in, so in a sense, you need a balance of both motivations, which leads me yes. to sort of external because you've covered internal focus, right? And um, yes. I think it's particularly important because we live in an age of distraction. If you, if you agree, everyone is dealing with this, with these distractions. In fact, some people are so addicted, you know, to the distractions we have in our world today that when they wake up in the morning, the first thing they grab is their phone. So my next question would be that, you know, why is it so hard to stay focused in this generation? Is there, is there a scientific or psychology, psychological basis for, for our inability to get things done, basically, generally speaking? Okay, so let me say it this way, and I think that's really a very good question. Um, why, so uh, let me start by saying that the reason why a lot of people indulge themselves in some of these things Mm. which I, I generally want to just classify as bad habits or bad behavior, right? Is that yeah. Yeah. instantaneous gratification. Mm. Good behavior, right? Gives mm. gratification. Bad behavior mm. gives immediate gratification. So by virtue wow. of that, it is naturally very easy for us to see mm. Bad behaviors, uh, negative mm. tendencies, and when I say bad behavior, I'm not talking about smoking and all of that. I'm talking about just sleeping mm. extra time, um, gisting with your friend, um, watching a movie extra, um, chatting mm. and all of this. All of these things are behaviors mm. that get your performance right. Those are the things I'm calling bad behavior in this case, so that uh, I can put in. Mm. People are clear. Exactly. Yeah. So, but these other things, take for instance, I was telling something, someone that see, by virtue of what I do, right, I enjoy speaking, mm. right? However, mm. before I can come out and speak, I must study, right? Exactly. Study is not easy. <laughs> right. But mm. I know that if I study, the time I'm using to study, I can also use that time to to fave around, play with my friends, you know, watch a movie and all of those things, which will give me immediate gratification. But when I decide mm. not to do all of those things, I delay gratification, I read my book, I study and all of those things. By the time I now go out and I talk and people are saying, wow, 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 oh. wow, 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 you know, like, <laughs> uh, like ambulance. Siren. <laughs> you know, that time I get my gratification that I've delayed. But the challenge mm. is that majority of the time, it's always very difficult to delay gratification. Now, our parents really tried because that was what they were trying to teach us when they tell us as kids that don't eat your meat until you finish eating your food. It's a concept of delayed gratification, right? But none of us really learned it that way and we didn't take it that way. Now, so mm. one of the things I'm going to say to people then is that, see, you cannot trust yourself to be constantly focused externally. Mm. So mm. what that means is that you then need to create a structure or an environmental mm. conditioning that would mm. force you to be focused. So, mm. you know, 
take for instance, someone says to me that, oh, um, I, I, I wake up in the morning and the first thing I pick is my phone. Then I ask you the mm. question. So when you want to sleep tomorrow, leave your phone in the sitting room. Simple. <laughs> is that, you know, um, mm. I, I did. So one of the things I do for people when they come for my coaching and all of those things on how to improve, increase productivity is what I call time tracking and time mapping. So I did mm. time tracking for a particular lady, right? And we discovered mm. that she spent about, um, say, maybe about four hours of the day on her phone, right? Mm. So I said, see, this thing is easy. When you get to the office, don't use your phone. I said, ah, she doesn't know. Before she knows what is happening, she has picked up the phone. So I said, okay, no problem. You walk on the 10th floor in your office bedroom. I said, when you get to your workplace tomorrow, right, turn off your phone, drop it by the, with the security by the entrance of your building and go to the 10th floor. Now, mm. at different times, are you following me? At different times, I'm with you. you to use your phone. But by the time you remember yeah. that you first of all stand off from your seat, go to the elevator, go to the ground floor, walk to the security post, pick up your phone, use it, then come back. That process is long enough to force you to say, let me work. The challenge is that our, see, I call these things enablers and accomplices, right? The more enablers you have, the easier it is for you to focus. The more accomplices you have, the more difficult it becomes for you to maintain your focus. So your mm. job as somebody that is trying to increase your focus is to delete your accomplices and bring in a lot more enablers. Now, take for instance, mm. for that lady keeping her phone downstairs was an enabler, right? And mm. so the point is, depending on where you are, you need to find out what are my enablers and what are my accomplices so that you can, you know, you mm. can do a audition. Take for instance, at some point in my, in my life, I had an app on my phone, you know, that I gave the permission to lock me out of certain apps. The moment I exhaust mm. my allocation for each of those apps. So I downloaded the app is called Your Hour. I downloaded it on my Android phone. Your Hour. Wow. Permission mm. log me out. So for each of those apps, there's one I've given 30 minutes in a day to. There's one I've given one hour to. There's one I've given, you know, and all of those things. As I'm on the app, the timer is counting down. Now, uh -huh. if I now know later in the day, I have something creative to do on that app. I will quickly log out because I don't want my time allocation for the day to finish. Uh -huh. So that is a system that I put in place to force me and compel me to do the needful. Another thing that people uh -huh. need to do is to set alarms and use a lot of alarms. See, uh -huh. it's one thing that people don't use it. You want to remember something. The human mind is normal and is given to forgetting. Because the, uh, day, the way our day goes is so cumbersome and hectic that different things uh, are eating you from the left, right, from, front, and back that you can easily forget. Yeah. You need to create a system yeah. that 
consistently reminds you. Right. If you come mm. to my house, you put a sticky note here and there because I just don't want to forget some things. There are some things I'm trying to constantly remind myself that the moment my alarm pops up, that is what will just show my screen. So, mm. if we leave ourselves to nature, we will never be able to achieve all of these things because nature makes anything to decay. By the way, it is only natural that makes anything to be beautiful and to be sustained. So, what am I trying to say? People need to be able to come to the point of say, okay, what are the adjustments, structural adjustments to make in my life? Um, take for instance, if you come into my house, my study is about the best place to be in my house, right? It's even better than my sitting room. The reason is because I want to make that environment compelling enough for you to invite me to come and read. Spend more time there. <laughs> It will not make sense for my bedroom mm. to be the finest when I'm not trying to sleep a lot more. <laughs> my so study true, so is true. such that my kids want to come and read in my study. They just want to pick my books because it's so mm. interesting and, 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 you know, and they're like, oh, let's be here. Mm. Do you understand? Mm. But the point is, mm. most people make their sitting room the best Yet, mm. they are saying that they read more. That is already <laughs> counterproductive. That True. is already counterproductive. True. You say you need to read, True. yet you don't have a table and chair in your house. Bet it with me, you can't read. Yeah. So, the question is, what are the structural adjustments that you need to make that will make it easier for you to sustain your focus? The moment you identify mm. them, and you make those changes, I can guarantee you that you begin to, you know, begin to make those changes and then begin to achieve the results that you really want to see. Mm. It's interesting. You use one stone to kill two beds because I was going to ask you, the next question was going to be, you should give the audience, uh, you know, tips to, you know, actually help them cultivate focus. You've done a lot of that, at least within a time frame of, of a podcast, right? So I will just keep to the next. You've given enough practical recommendation for anybody serious about really maintaining focus. So yeah, leave people, it that. Yes, I use your hour mm. on my Android phone. There is a, there is a, there is, there is a, um, there is the iOS version. I can't remember what the app is called now, but there's an iOS version that mm. people that are always can go and check out. You know, and is that mm. is one thing mm. because that app, eh? When you first of all download it. It can even give you the chance to request for more time. But I said, I don't want to give myself the chance to request for more time. So I made it that the moment, it is a setting that I'm the one that will set it. Do you understand? But because I know what I wanted to achieve, I gave that up mm. ultimate power. That the moment it logs me out of that hapo, it is done for that day. No matter how important what I want to be on that hapo is, it is gone. Now, it was initially really very challenging for me. But by the time I used it for like mm. two weeks, three weeks, I adjusted to the yeah. time that I you know, because one of the things people need to realize and recognize is that the only thing that we actually have that we can trade with is time, right? I say it yeah. to people this way. Time is life, right? Um, 
what I want to say next, a lot of people don't like to hear it, but hey, it is what it is, mm. right? I say this way that mm. every passing time is a dying time. And mm. particularly, uh, Dili, one thing that you need yeah. to understand is spend about 30 minutes on this conversation. What that means is that that's right. Because of your time and my time, one hour is gone, one hour is dead. So, yeah, out of the yeah. entire time that God has given you, a portion of your life is dead. A portion of my life is dead. Absolutely. What is going you to can't make take... this dead 30 minutes valuable or worthwhile <laughs> is that I have used this 30 minutes in replenishing the remaining portion of my life. So, whatever mm. I'm doing, right? Whatever I am doing that is not contributing to the quality of the remaining portion of my life is a nonsense dying. That means I'm dying a useless death. Because in that life, you're not dying anyways. So I should Kukuma make my dying worthwhile. You know, somebody invited me to come and sit somewhere and I asked a certain question and I said, that's not a good way for me to die. I'm not coming. The person did not understand. I said, I would rather be dying on my bed. At least I'll know that I'm recreating my energy. <laughs> You know, use that time, it is gone, and I cannot account for what we achieved in that time. It makes no sense to me. So the question I always like doing asking people is that whatever it is that you are doing with your time, is it worth dying for? Because really and truly, you are dying. Yeah, you're dying. Every moment of our life takes us closer to our grave. It sounds morbid, but that's just reality. Exactly. It's a, it's always a minus. As you are counting up in years, you are counting down mm. in the time. To exit time. I, I heard a wise man say it in the most profound way. He said, yes, he said, if if you waste your time, you're committing suicide. If you waste someone else's time, you're committing murder. Like he hits exactly. me like a tornado. In fact, <laughs> let me write that down. <laughs> I think that was Pelotti that said that. <laughs> yeah, Pelotti is always saying some very powerful, powerful, powerful stuff. Mm. All right, all right. So the next question I'm going to ask, Mr. David, is um, you've already answered a lot of questions, but one, one, one challenge I see people have is um, the ability to finish things. And people have these challenges most of the times because there's a certain motivation that comes when you want to start an event or start an activity. You want to write a book, you want to create a course, you want to record a song. There's this initial motivation that gets you started. But along the line, that, along the line, that motivation fizzles out, right? As, as a high-performance coach, having worked with your clients, from your personal experiences, how, how do you advise people to sustain motivation levels? So um, the truth of the matter is that for most people, right, they don't know why they started whatever it is that they started. They don't know why. Mm. It just sounds like a nice to do. Not not mm. do. Mm. Right. Um, I like to reference Bible. Remember, there was a particular part of the Bible where Paul was saying that woe betides me if I don't preach the gospel. Mm. The simple mm. reason why someone would say that is because he knows the reason behind doing it. Mm. Do you understand? But that takes me back to the point yeah. away from motivation and towards motivation. The people yeah. see, if I know that, 
if I don't do this thing, and I can say that, ah, Dili, what betides me if I don't do this thing? My dear brother, you finish it. People have not oh. gotten to that point of deep convictions as to why oh. what it is that they have decided to do is important. Oh. Because if you know your why, it will drive you oh. like a madman. It will drive you like a madman. So the first thing to ensure that you're able to sustain focus is mm. understand your why. Understand your why. It is super mm. important. Understand your why. Now, the second mm. thing that I normally do and I advise people to do is that whatever mm. you want to do, put it out there, right? And, mm. and put it out there and put a commitment to it. So, I, I, I do that a lot and it works for me like magic. The moment I put it out there and I've said it to people that I am going to do this by so and so time, right? Uh, it's almost like when you jump into the river to figure out how to swim. Yeah. <laughs> so I say that to people, just jump in and just commit yourself and just start, you know? And of course, you get to a point where you uh, take for instance, when I wanted to do my conference in, in, in January, right? Um, I told people yeah. in December or I think late November that, hey, the Focus Life Summit is going to happen in January. January what? I gave yeah. them a date. As at that time, I was giving people dates of January. I had no clue. The people I'm going to invite, I had no clue how I was going to source for the money for the conference. I had no clue of anything. But because mm. see, there are two things that, that I want to quickly speak about. There are some things that you want to do that mm. you already have out. You know exactly what you're going to do. Everything seems to be within your control. Yeah. If you don't finish everything, mm. let us listen. you're a very lazy person. Go and deal with the issue of this. Mm. Do you understand? Yeah. However, there are however, some other things that you want to do that by virtue of where you are, right, the scope is bigger than you, right? Now, mm. ones now require that you condition yourself by external forces to ensure that you see it through. Take for instance, when I wanted to write my book, the Focus Life. I mean, the focus that the Focus mm. book I, was focus. bigger than me. I'm not putting the book at the point, but I went out to say, "Oh, hello, guys! I want to I want to do this for you over the next one month." I gave a commitment of writing a chapter of the book every week, sending it to people that are expecting it. Now, the moment I made that commitment, I had no choice than to go through particularly because I have defined my personality as a performer. So, exactly. I, God forbid that somebody will say that God did not perform on this book. No, 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 no. It can never happen. <laughs> and the pain of people seeing you as a slacker. Or exactly. Someone that doesn't follow through with stuff. It's enough motivation. <laughs> That's enough motivation, you know. But some people they don't care mm. whether they are dragged in the floor or not. To for some mm. people they do. Mm. But for mm. people that also. really want to do this thing, so as a high performer, that's one of the mm. things that you need to. You must be able to tie your personality mm. to. You must be able to tie your mm. personality to. All of these things are the things that makes up your performance trigger, you know. 
when you just remember something, you just jump out of your bed, say, God forbid that I should be sleeping when I've not done A, X, Y, Z, right? It's because there is something greater in front of you. So that's the, so the first thing, like I said, is understanding of the why. The second thing the why is compelling reason. Yeah. Of people as yeah. to what you want to do, promising that you are going to do it already, yeah. such that you don't have a yeah. choice to do it. Another thing, sometimes True. these people can become your accountability partners. You know, there are times that uh, I wanted to do something and I transfer money to somebody. Say, and I say, so if uh, I transfer, say 50k to Dilly, I say, Dilly, you know what? I'm transferring 50k to you. And Dilly says, What's that for? I say, Please keep it. I am trying to work on something for the next one month. If by the end of the one month, I have not done what I said I would do, the 50k is yours. Wow. If I'll be secretly praying for you to slack. <laughs> but if I perform what I said I will do, you return my 50k to me. Mm. Now, the thought mm. of giving the 50k will make me jump. So that's why I take, for instance, when I do my mm. boot camp, workshop, and all of those things, I attach points mm. to performance. That when you perform at this level, you get five points. When you perform at this level, four points, three, three points, two points, till the point where you have no points. And that at the end of the program, mm. the aggregate highest points get a particular compensation, right? So mm. the mm. moment I do that, it drives people to want to, because see, everybody wants to get that compensation at the end of the day. So that brings me to my thought. About how small it is. A compensation mm. in front of yourself. That when I finish mm. this, I am going to compensate myself this way. Mm. And the compensation must be compelling enough. You know, I can't say to myself that I will compare myself by buying myself a bottle of Coke, where I can easily buy that bottle of Coke. Either I finish it or I don't finish it. Do you understand? So what I'm, mm. what I'm compensating myself with must be something that is compelling enough to drive me to, to want mm. to really win. Right. So those are some of the things that I think people can do to sustain focus, even when environmental factors are, are seemingly against, against them. Right. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Like, awesome. That was so apt and so practical. So um, we've taken a lot of time. So my next question would be that, you know, what's... One, one what, thing to have that is also that okay. when you notice that you have a lot of distraction around you, Sometimes I will find out that it's people. It's people that you have around you that are the cause of your distraction. So, so take for instance, let me give you a very good example. Yeah. Uh, somebody can be, you know, I spoke about accomplices and enablers earlier. Somebody can be yes. an enabler for a particular goal, but become an accomplice for another goal. Let me give you a very practical example. So, a couple of years ago, what I really wanted to do for myself is I wanted to become playful. I noticed that I was becoming too rigid, too serious, and people started complaining. Said, mm. Even when you're talking, your voice is just so hard, you know? So I wanted mm. to become more playful. So I got a friend that is really playful, right? So whenever mm. he wants me to do so, I mean, he's going on his own playful, whatever, he will call me, I will tag along, just to be able to, do you understand, just to be able to use his mm. own vibe to rub off on my vibe. 
But what I found mm. out is that because that's all that he does, he gradually started becoming an accomplice for other things that I wanted to do. Because the time mm. I want to use to do something else is saying, Bolu, let's go and um, let's go and play somewhere. Do you understand? Even though he's mm. an enabler for a particular goal, he became an accomplice for another goal. Mm. What things so, you rather not do, right? If I'm clear. Exactly. If, so, if I'm getting exactly. <laughs> mm. So, the things I would rather not do is how I would rather spend my time. Time, so, okay, okay, okay. Time, it is that time that I've allocated for one thing that I will not say, ah, let's go and do some other thing. And then I have to say, okay, let's put stop on this thing. Me, I will have a mm. timeline for a timeline for that and all of those things, right? So uh, all of those things, I don't uh, want to talk about the things say you have a to-do list and all of those because all of those things are things that people already do that is not giving them the result. But there are a lot of other things okay. that, people don't do that people don't even know. Uh, that's why I'm talking about all these other things that I am talking about as a, as a complementary knowledge to what people already uh, know in terms of uh, set uh, your goals, you break your goals down. Have a to-do list and all of those uh, things. I don't want to uh, dwell on all of those things because all of those ones are already a lot more popular knowledge. Pretty so basic. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. So, so what, what, what? So, for people that really want to study more, what are the book recommendations you have? I, I like to do this all the time. Oh, the podcast. Like, oh, see, so top, take top four. Uh, if there's anything I'll recommend, focus. That's my book. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, I will also recommend Focus by Daniel Goldman. Okay. Focus by Daniel okay. Goldman. Yeah. Mm. I will also recommend, of course, this is like the, the, the number one go-to book when it comes to uh, productivity and high performance. Um, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. And of course, a book by my own role model, Bochard Brendon, High mm. Performance Habits. Habits. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that would be my four, four recommendations. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So the last question, which I always ask my guests is, you know, when all is said and done, after we've, after we've exhausted all our lifetime, you know, what do you want to be remembered for? What do you want David Bulua Tife to be remembered for? As that person that whipped people's ass into focusing. Mm. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Pretty simple. <laughs> most pe most people really wax philosophical when I ask this question. <laughs> I think everything that I, I, I know my mandate. My mandate is simply to, mm. to bring people to alignment of of whatever it is that you know God has laid in their hearts to do, and that they should see through mm. whatever it is. Mm. What it is. Mm. I've done a lot of that space yeah. developing it concept, developing workbooks, developing models, metrics, mm. and all of those things that have been inculcated into some of mm. my, you know, my, my training and all of those things. But there's this thing I call the focus code, mm. right? It's a five-module mm -hmm. solution 
that if anybody goes through, I can guarantee you that you'll be mm. high performer. Um, of course, Pine did not allow me to talk about that and all of that. So, is it in your book? Is it in your book? It's not in my book. It's even a concept I developed after. After I wrote that book, I have done a whole lot more in that, in that sphere, you know. And that is why I take for instance, I don't want people to know me as a trainer. I just want to be known. I take for instance, I tell you that I teach customer service, I teach all of those things, but don't talk about it outside. The only thing I want people to talk about is my high performance training, high performance training, because I want to do to help people to just become high performance. Where they would say that I used to live a flustered life, I used to live a floating life. Now I am a focused life, you know, because I believe that everybody is living either one of three lives. Either you are living the flustered life, either you are living the floating life. You are living so that is why it's important. Focused life, yeah, yeah. I can, hey, you. can you hear me? Hello, can you hear me? Hello. Okay, I lost you. For, oh, okay. I lost you for a bit. I can hear you now. I can hear you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you can you just come again? The last thing I heard, right? Just for the sake of the audience, you said you just don't want people. The fact that you can teach customer service and all that. Yeah, I think that's why. I... Okay, so I was saying that there are three major kinds of life that people really live. A floating life, a flustered life, and a first life. And my okay. goal is to move people living the floating life, okay. living the flustered life, to living the focused life. Because it is in that mm. that we unleash our potential and we live our mm. life. Mm. Awesome, awesome, awesome. This has been productive. We've overstayed our time um, on the podcast. Um, so how can people connect with you? Instagram. Yes. How can people connect with you on social media, buy your products and all that? Instagram at Bulu Artifact David. Facebook, Bulu Artifact David. Uh, um, yeah, my company okay. website is www.iperformanceconsult.com. Um, I have some of my products on the company's website. Okay. And, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much. Okay. Okay. I, I'll put it on the. I normally do a show notes, so I'll put all the information in there, all your recommendations in there, so readers can always refer to that to get all the resources and everything you shared in the podcast. Thank you so much, Mr. Bolo Watife David, for joining us on the podcast. It's been a really impactful time, even for me. Um, and I'm sure the audience are going to really appreciate what we shared here. Um, so guys, that brings us to the end of this really amazing episode. Um, um, the, the opportunities of a lifetime um, must be taken in a lifetime of opportunity. Time really is the currency of life. And the only way you can, you can maximize and make the most of life is learning to cultivate focus, which Mr. David has shared today. Till next time, till the next episode of the pod podcast, keep living, keep loving, keep laughing. Hi, guys. Um, I just want to thank you for taking time from your busy schedule to listen to this episode of the Personal Evolution Podcast. To get new alerts, notification, and just to know what I'm up to, uh, my next project, follow me on all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.